0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Use promo code BORING when first signing up, and Thrive Fantasy will match your first $10 deposit. On this episode of Baseball is Boring, Kai and I talk Cody Bellinger's towards start. We discuss Keston Hura's Major League debut. We give the Cy Young voting polling for the quarter mark of the season. Kyle gives his signature throw punches of the week. We're joined in the interview by Baltimore Orioles prospect JC Ascara. And we finish out the pod discussing the most unbreakable records of all time. Play ball. Oh my! Get up, ball. Get up, ball. Right on cue.
1: Freeze. The swing of the best, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Davis to left and will hit! Oh my! It's gone! Santa Maria!
0: Uh, I know we just got to start off with Cody Bellinger. Absolutely raking. So, yeah, I'm just looking at his slash line right now. He's hitting four hundred nine, uh, forty six OBP, seven eighty five slugging for a twelve hundred OPS. I mean, that's just that's Barry Bonds esque.
2: Yeah, it's just it's nuts. I mean, he got off to a hot start, and most of the time, those the the power hitters in in the league that we watch now, they don't sustain like. Yeah, they'll, they'll have like a two week span where. They're on base, they're hitting homers and all that stuff, and they kind of fall off, and then their average goes back down to 250 or something like that. But Bellinger hasn't stopped since the opening day.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Um, we're seeing some more. We've been talking about this like throughout the season so far, but we're seeing more call-ups, more uh, debuts. Um, last night was the debut of Keston Hura against your Phillies. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw his first at-bat where he hit a rocket off of, uh, who was that, Jared Eikhoff, what was it? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So, um. Or no, Nola. Nola started last night, I think. Oh, uh, are you sure about that? No,
2: Nola started game one in that series. Okay. Yeah, it was like off last night. Okay. That's
0: right. Uh, but yeah, it was just a rocket off the pitcher's hip. Um, I mean, this is a dude just raking. He was drafted ninth overall in the 17 drafts. He was hitting 333 in AAA, uh, with 11 home runs. So I think it was, it was time for him to get the call because Brewers have kind of be, been, uh, you know, on and off the season, but uh, you know maybe he could ignite that lineup a little bit.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think something with him is the power has really shown up, mm-hmm. has really translated into the majors in a big way. Yeah. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, when he was drafted, he was he was an average, like an average guy, like like a, a hitter, like yep, he was a 100%. guy who was going to hit mm-hmm. 330, maybe hit 10 home runs, but he's really shown himself to be a 20-25 homer. I don't he, think would, would be out of the question.
0: He had 11 in 37 games, so
2: yeah now I wonder how much of that is, is is changed into the launch angle is more is talked about more in the majors in college obviously
0: mm-hmm.
2: exit velocity that kind of stuff so clearly the 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 hard contact has always been there for him and then just a, maybe like a couple switches in his swing but he hasn't sacrificed average either in the minors so
0: no not at all I mean this is a guy coming out of UC Irvine um, and like you said he he was known as just the the hit tool guy he was probably like a six a 60 or 70 hit tool guy coming out. Um, I think the Brewers got a phenomenal value at number nine. Um, just another, you know, tremendous draft for uh, what's his, what's his face, the GM David Stearns of the of the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, they keep feeding into that pipeline, and uh, I don't th- I don't think Brewers are going anywhere. I don't think that was a one-year fluke. No,
2: nah, I mean, they got talent in, at the, in the major league roster that's under control. Mm-hmm. They got talent coming up through the minors. Um, they, they
0: have a deal, like a steal for Christian Yelich on his contract.
2: Uh, it's so stupid, man. Man, the, uh, I really was going to try and work this in later, but Derek Jeter is such <laughs> a moron. I don't even know if he was part of that trade or not. I don't think he was. Yeah. I think it was right before he he took over as GM, but he's so stupid if he was part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, Chris, Christian Yelich was on the on the cusp of turning into into this Christian Yelich, yeah. and you traded him for pennies, not even pennies. So don't, we don't have a, a denomination lower than pennies in America, but that's what. <laughs> I think he's making. what they, they spent.
0: I think him. he's making nine million this year, as a, as a, like a he's top a dude, three or four player in the game.
2: E- easily a top three guy yeah. in the league. Like you, you, it's hard to argue him out of the top three. Mm-hmm.
0: You can't. But, I mean, you can't at this point, honestly. Nah.
2: I mean, all he does is hit. Yep. And he hits missiles. Yep. He was, what, four RBIs away from, or two? Was it RBIs or home runs that he missed out on the Triple Crown last year? Uh,
0: I want to say it was home runs,
2: but I don't Because he hit like 38 home runs. I don't last year. know.
0: I don't know that for sure. He was close. It, was, it came down in the last, like, two days or whatever, but. And nobody talked about that. That's nope. the best part. Nope. And you look at him. I mean, he's like a—he's a skinny dude. Like when he was at the Marlins, they're yeah. like, "Okay, maybe he'll hit ten or twelve homers." Like on a, in a yeah, good especially year. in that
2: ballpark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in a good year. He, he, he was gonna be just like Keston, uh, I—I stuck with his name. Hira. Hira. H- H- yeah.
0: Yeah. Hira. Hira. Yeah. We're, we're, we're
2: with that. roll wrote that? <laughs> okay. He was like him coming out of uh, out of high school because he was a hit first, power second guy. Now he's turned into let me let me uh, elevate and celebrate real quick. It's nuts. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and I feel like it works out well too for the Brewers because um, obviously Travis Shaw kind of been struggling a little bit. Um, so what they can do is they can just plug in Hura at second and then move Mustakas over to third, and then I mean you, you don't lose any production whatsoever.
2: Yeah, it's a dangerous lineup. It's probably the best lineup in the National League. Outs- or I'm sorry, the Dodgers are they.
0: Yeah. They just hit
2: bombs. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. It, those are the top two though. Okay. Maybe you can say the Phillies are are right behind them but that's without Bryce Harper Bryce Harper hitting a 220 to start the uh, all-star <laughs> game this year he's really
0: uh... at least he's consistent though that's the uh, that's the good thing I guess
2: yeah, you know his strikeout percentage is up to 33% this year
0: I mean it's not that's not ideal for a, a 330 million dollar guy but... yeah
2: but he's playing great defense so uh, we're yeah. really getting good value invaluable
0: defense one, one would say I mean, I
2: thought he broke his leg last night when he slid into... Did you see that <laughs> I didn't see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, like, gets up and he's not moving his leg. I'm like, ah, oh, there it goes. I saw
0: I, just, uh, uh, I saw one... Fan, I saw one guy on Twitter, I'm pretty sure was a Mets fan, who was like, well, at least he can't strike out his next at bat if he doesn't play.
2: That's sad that's, that's like... Uh, the Yankees benching Aaron Judge at, uh, when he was on that strikeout <laughs> the strikeouts game. Yeah. They benched they, they took him out so he couldn't so he couldn't strike out or something. Mm-hmm. That's
0: funny. On well, to our next segment. Uh, we have reached the quarter mark of the baseball season. Officially surpassed it. And Kyle actually brought this to my attention. I, I saw it on Twitter and then Kyle reminded me of it today. Um, I believe it was Richard Justice. Is that correct from MLB.com? <laughs> Yeah, Richard Justice on MLB.com, yep. Tweeted out the first Cy Young poll of 2019, and Kyle, what did he have to say?
2: Um, So he had in the American League a lot of real surprising names here. Um, obviously, guys get off to good starts, um, whether or not that holds up over the course of 30, 33 starts or so. Yep. Um, but really, the only known name, like big-time name, was in the American League, um... It's Justin Verlander, who got 76% of the votes. Sure. Um, behind him was Jose Barreos from the Twins, okay. who got 28%. And um, a guy who's really broke out uh, this season is Matthew Boyd mm-hmm. of the Detroit Tigers with 26%. Yeah,
0: I'm um, um, going to start off by saying I'm totally not shocked to see <clears throat> excuse me, Verlander's name at the top of the list. I mean, ever since he's joined the Astros he's looked like the old Verlander, if not even better. I mean mm-hmm. it's do you don't see this this is why uh, in the book Astro Ball, so I was reading that and I went to go see went to the Q and A with the uh, the author Ben Ryder and the Orioles assistant GM Sig My who was mentioned heavily in the book, Sig was actually against the Astros trading for Verlander because the models show that, you know, as you get older your velocity dips and you're not as effective. But uh, the X, you know, the complete reverse has happened, and yet again we see him at the top of the leaderboard. Batters are only hitting 163 against him. He has a .82 WHIP, and he's currently fourth in ERA at 251. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a generational pitcher. The guy has
2: has performed since he became in the the league. He had the one bad year. They traded him over to. Um, to over to Houston. And like you said, it revitalized his career. Uh, whether or not that's got to do with playoff contention, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Or if it's the Trevor Bauer spin rate type thing that Houston teaches. <laughs> um,
0: are they cheating though?
2: I, they gotta be. Cause there's no way Charlie Morton can go there and become a freaking Cy, <laughs> Cy Young contender. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, it's great. to so I think he, he was an honorable mention on this list. Yeah.
0: So, um, we can get to, to those in a second. Um, yeah. number two on the list
2: uh, that was Jose Barrios, who uh, for the Twins is uh, the Twins are 7-1 in his eight starts um, before his last start. Uh, he got knocked around a little bit, but that being said, uh, he's allowed more than two earned runs just twice in 2019.
0: Ooh, ooh, that, that leads me to a later point. Who should be an honorable mention, but I have that. Uh, I had that tweet ready for you, buddy. Um, anywho, Jose Barrios, You know he was a big-time prospect coming up. He's shown flashes. Um, in short spurts, I know this because I had him on my fantasy team a few times. Uh, but he looks like he's finally putting it all together. And and in this article, it says he's tweaked his approach slightly, throwing fewer fastballs <coughs> and more of his secondary pitches. So uh, you know, maybe it's coming all together for him. We'll see. Yeah,
2: no, it's very rare that you see a guy who throws 96, 97, like go ahead and throw his secondary stuff more. You know, most of the time it's like. Throw your fastball more, get ahead better, uh-huh. um, get these guys in, into accounts where your off-speed stuff becomes more effective. When in reality, um, for Barrios, it's, it seems it's the exact opposite where he's throwing his off-speed stuff more and setting up his, his dynamic fastball. Um, I don't know if you—he's been featured on the pitching Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja, quite often. Sure. A lot of swords. Sure. Um, his curveball is one of the highest spin rates in in the majors and moves like six feet. <laughs> so. Um, he can throw. He can throw it at uh at somebody's head, and it'll end up at their ankles. It's it's actually insane.
0: Yeah, but, I'm actually uh, watching a video against. I think it. he's going to
2: turn into an absolute monster for the Twins, and the Twins are talented.
0: Yeah, uh, I I don't disagree. <laughs> Number three on the list, we got Matthew Boyd.
2: Yeah, Matthew Boyd for um, the Tigers. Uh, he he had a uh, really good second half last year. He had a a, a one whip basically. Uh, opponents were hitting two thirty off him. He is ranked fourth in the AL with 65 strikeouts and seventh in width.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm watching a video right now against the Angels. Um, striking out Otani, striking out Luke Roy, Mike Trout, um, and, he, and he's an Oregon State guy. So uh, you know, good for them producing even more talented players.
2: Yeah, your boy uh, Adley Ratchman.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a that was a humble uh, humble brag a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, look at just look at what they did last year, right? They had Nick Madrigal, they had uh, Trevor Larnick, and they had Caden Grenier, all drafted in the first round. I mean, you don't you don't yeah. see that too often.
2: I mean, you're looking at. that I'm pretty sure you have obviously you have Rutschman, who's going to be a top three pick without a doubt. Sure. Um, if the Orioles are stupid, he'll be a top three pick. <laughs> He's going to be the number one pick. Right. To make one thing clear. Right. Um, and uh, there's guys on, on that roster who are going to be drafted high as well, but uh, probably not three first-rounders, but
0: nah. um,
2: national teams, I mean, that's what happens. Yep,
0: yep, that's what happens when um, you uh, win a College World Series. So
2: Yeah, you, you obviously have to have talent to get there. So, I mean, Vanderbilt won a national championship, and they had three guys drafted in the first round as well.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, that good. was
2: uh, Carson Fulmer, Walker Bueller, and uh, Andy Swanson that year.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, always produce good guys, though. Vandy's kind of known for that. Um, especially,
2: especially pitching.
0: Yeah, D- David Price as well. Um, and then we have some honorable mentions on the AL side. Jacob Odorizzi, a name that kind of surprises me. Um, obviously, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glasnow, who's just been phenomenal since coming to Tampa. Uh, your boy who you just mentioned, Charlie Morton. Domingo Herman, who we talked about with Laura Albanese. Uh, last week, and then Mike Minor, kind of a surprising name, but he he could be a, a trade candidate come July.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there's no not really names that that. There's obviously Minor and Odorizzi are kind of surprising. Even Morton um, isn't too much of a surprise, but I wouldn't. I'm I don't know. Uh, Glasshouse pitched great for the Rays, and Garrett Cole is in the same boat as Justin Verlander, kind of had a career re- uh, revitalized. revitalized, no.
0: revitalized? career revitalized. With-
2: yeah, there we go. That's the word I'm looking for. That word uh, down in Houston. Um, you know, for a guy who, who went to school for communications and emphasized <laughs> in journalism, my English is just god-awful. Um, so we'll uh, slide over to the National League now. Um,
0: oh, wait. Can I and, give uh, one quick thing? American League? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go uh, for it. Uh, I'm going to foreshadow your throw punches. And I'm going to give a throw punch to your boy, Richard Justice. Okay. We're not including the man with a two 233 three era we're not including the man who has allowed no more than one earned run in five of a six MLB starts mr. John means what is this he's a ba- he's a bad man he's a bad man <laughs> this is uh this is blasphemy in my nice. eyes I'm, I'm a little pissed off I get it he plays for the worlds I understand okay he's not gonna wow you with the strikeouts but he should at least be an honorable mention, very least.
2: I feel like the Cy Young though isn't one of those things that's like determined by wins, losses, like MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: no, it's not. But I, I, I'm just saying like he doesn't get as much attention as some other teams.
2: That's true. I mean that probably has something to do with being in Baltimore because you know Nationals get all that mass in time.
0: If he's, oh, can you imagine if he's in the Yankees and putting these numbers up?
2: Oh, he'd be he'd be number one on the list. Yep. Or he'd be on the DL. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. 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 IL. IL. How dare you? My bad. My bad. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh. Actually, uh, go ahead to the National League because I have something to say about the number one guy.
2: Okay. Um, well, we're we'll moving over to the National League, who is led off by Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds with 57%.
0: Buddy, I don't know if you remember this from last year. This is going a little ways back. But you asked me who to look out for. This is 2018 season who to look out for on the Cincinnati Reds, and I gave you the name of a one Luis Castillo.
2: I think I do remember that.
0: And you said, why? And I said, I don't know. But now I do know. <laughs> I do remember that now. But now I do know. Dude's got I feel like anyone strikeouts. with the name Luis
2: Castillo in the majors. <laughs> yeah.
0: could <laughs> have just picked a name. Dude's got 50 strikeouts. Let's see, was uh let's say uh, was the NL pitcher uh let's see in March and April with a one four five and a fifty strikeouts and fourteen starts. Se- September first is an untouchable one five one ERA, a hundred and four strikeouts in eighty nine innings. Good God!
2: Yeah, I'm watching this video that they that Richard Justice linked, and um, they're not even good swings. I mean, sure it's the Giants, and the Giants aren't a terrifically great offensive team, but these these looks like. Look like Little League hitters.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a little embarrassing, but uh, maybe he's just got that good of stuff and he's finally coming into his own at uh, age 26.
2: I hope so. I mean, that'd be great for Cincinnati to have a guy like that to trade at the deadline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll slide down (laughs) to uh, a guy we've talked about quite often, um, uh, Chris Paddock of the San Diego Padres.
0: Mm Yeah, um, he is... uh, he has a chance to join Fernando Valenzuela as the only rookie to win a Cy Young award. And, you know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was a, uh, a thing. I thought, you know, somebody else would have had it, but it's hard to think of who else. Um, you know, he's pitched 90, 90 innings so far, minor league ball. He had Tommy John. gets traded from the Marlins and then turns into this amazing strikeout pitcher. So, fun to watch.
2: Yeah, and he's even even up even better for baseball. You know, we mentioned this last year or last week with uh, Peter Alonso. Um, yeah. He's got got some some spunk to him. Um, I love that. He got the stuff to back it up too. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if we're talking in our midseason award preview. Like I, I'm pretty sure we do we do that every year, right?
1: We yeah, did that last yeah, year. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we'll do a midseason thing. We're still talking about Chris Paddock being right up there. If, if not. The favorite to win it at that
0: point. Honestly, if you would have told me this before the season, I don't know if I would have believed it because I wasn't really on the Chris Paddock train. I thought maybe, you know, another young guy like a Walker Buehler would have been, would have been uh, in this conversation, but it hasn't been the case so far. No,
2: Walker, has Walker Buehler hasn't pitched bad, but he's hasn't pitched as well as uh, a number three guy on our list. Also, of the Los Angeles Giants or Los Angeles Dodgers, excuse me, mm-hmm. Uh Ru.
0: Um certainly an underrated guy. I mean, he's always been a really good pitcher for them if I'm not mistaken. Um so it, it looks like he's finally kind of getting his due uh and his recognition. Um it wouldn't shock me if he finishes here. You know, if he finishes top 3 uh by the end of the season. He's got good stuff and especially being a Southpaw kind of helps out too, so.
2: Yeah, playing in LA as well, you know, a yep. uh, big media place uh obviously going to help with his uh his coverage of uh, the coverage of him having pitching and whatnot but um yeah i mean Nashville's really interesting uh, sure because then we you move down to uh to the others receiving votes uh you get the guys like your Scherzers, mm-hmm. your grankies your lesters these guys are these are the guys you expect to see on the top 3 list you know yeah. um not luis castillo not chris rookie like chris Paddock. uh What's Scherzer got three Cy Youngs now, something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's weird not seeing Scherzer on the top of this list. But.
0: Um, yeah, but two other guys on the honorable mentions: uh, Caleb Smith, I believe he's a pitcher for the Marlins. Is that true?
2: I believe so. Okay. Yeah, because he, he wrecked, he killed the Phillies the one game.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, seeing guys like that, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh,
2: Even Zach Zach Davies, who uh, I didn't I think he, him. Oh well, he's a former. Uh, Oil, right? Oh yeah,
0: you know it. Any any uh <laughs> any National League pitcher <laughs> who's in Cy Young contention was an Oriole at some point in time. Didn't he have like three Tommy Johns? Uh, something. He, maybe I know not three. It. I might have
2: been over exaggerating, but I know
0: he had at least one or two. He was traded uh, for Gerardo Parra, who hit about a buck twenty in the second half for the Orioles. So uh, that was a god awful trade, but yeah. yeah but Har-
2: he did hit a big grand slam for the Nationals the other day. Well, good for him.
0: I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud of him, <laughs> you know, living his life to the fullest potential, um, especially for those Nats, you know, just just love those Washington Nationals stealing all of our revenue. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at Jake Arrieta, if you look at, you know, Kevin Gausman down the stretch for the Braves, Zach Davies, it's just, the list goes on, on and on. So, uh, Is
2: Jason Hamill on that list?
0: You know he he pitched very well for the Cubbies for a little bit there, you know. So I, I can I would, you know you could you could put him in the conversation at least.
2: I think he won like 16, 17 games with the Cubs that year.
0: Yeah, he he was great with the Orioles in, in uh, 2012.
2: Who else? Who else? Who else is on that list? Oh
0: man, there's there's a bunch. Um, I'm trying to think here.
2: Zach uh, Britch pitched pretty bad since he left the Orioles.
0: Yeah. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez with the Red Sox. Um trying to think who else uh I don't know there's there's guys out there I feel like Charlie
2: Morton should be on that list but I don't think that's the case he so. must have seen a pitch pretty well after he left
0: he did I mean he he <laughs> let's not go there
2: alright well you know what I don't want you to get sleep tonight so <laughs> I won't bring it up anymore uh or those pitchers but
0: yeah. Oh, yeah well the one guy who didn't and I'm thankful he didn't was uh Eric Bedard cause he uh he brought us Adam Jones so uh Thank God for that.
2: George Sherrill. Yeah. George Sherrill, he, what about Was he, him? he, was he, was he a guy? Because he was pretty good for the Orioles for a while there.
0: He was our closer for about two, three years.
2: I think he gave a Matt Stairs homer. For, and then he, he went he, to he, uh, he the Dodgers. He did a big homer against the Phillies.
0: Yeah, he went I to heard, the Dodgers, so. possible.
2: He was, he was the, the brim up guy, right? Or am I yep. mixing him up? Yeah. Yeah. I always got him and uh, Joachim Soria uh, mixed up for some okay. reason.
0: I do that all the time. No
2: idea why. <laughs> no idea why. Yeah. Because they, they, I'm pretty Cheryl's a lefty, Sori is a righty.
0: Mm-hmm. One
2: pitch for the Royals, one pitch for the, uh, yeah, I have one of them weird things. I just always got them mixed up. But.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm with that with, uh, like Fernando Rodney and, um, who was the closer for the Nationals? Right now? No, no, no. It was somebody else. No, no, no. A couple years back. Maybe it was Fernando Rodney. I don't know, but he like—I I mean, he did pitch for to... the—he like... did pitch for the Nationals. Okay, maybe I'm just thinking of the same person. <laughs> yeah, Fernando Rodney
2: mixed up with Fernando Rodney.
0: <laughs> it's a common occurrence. Talk about another guy who's been with like 14 teams.
2: Yeah, sure. He's uh, I and mean, he's still doing it.
0: Yeah. Traded for Chris Paddock, no less.
2: Cool. Yeah. Look at that, man. Everything comes full circle on this Everything. show. Everything. It's kind of like Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> Moving on to uh, Kyle's signature throw punches of the week, my favorite uh, segment, and I'm sure the listener's favorite segment as well.
2: Yeah, so we're gonna start it up. We've already talked about this guy. You know, the hype was was big on him coming up through the minors. We were very excited for the Blue Jays to call him up, but my friend, mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed in Vlad Guerrero Jr. last night. Oh boy. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I had to wait to till his second home run for not even a great bat flip it was like a eh okay chuck eh, the bat away right. when he went deepest first i was expecting a jose bautista esque bat flip from him <laughs> and i'm i probably shouldn't be hitting him because he probably lift me up and break me over his knee like bane mm-hmm. batman mm-hmm. um
0: dude can you imagine his box out ability because
2: won, oh my god dude you wouldn't even be able to get in the paint dude he's
0: th- he's thick as hell
2: he would probably have 40 rebounds against the Sixers, offensive <laughs> just, just offensive six, uh, offensive rebounds.
0: Oh.
2: And, every, and the only time the Sixers would get a, a rebound on on defense is it would be when Vlad's out of the game or tired. Right. Mhm. But yeah, I was expecting this big bad flip, you know. But I guess it wasn't at home, so I kind of see both sides.
0: But man. man. He might. He must be listening to uh to those uh Royals announcers, right, or something. Or he's talking. Isn't Grichik on the Blue Jays? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, dude. He got it in his ear.
2: Great trick, was I give like, you bat flip? I swear to I God, God I sent back down.
0: I'm charging the plate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll trip you going around first base, you little <laughs> bastard. Um, but yeah, so I, I was expecting a little bit more showmanship. Um, that's all right. We'll get we'll get passive lad. lad. Uh, so we're <laughs> gonna move on to uh, Curtis Granderson. Wow. And let me t- let me t- let
0: me tell you why. You're doing him dirty, dude. He's like he's like forty years old.
2: He's like forty years old, and he's a great guy. Overall, he is, a, he
0: is a great guy, yep.
2: A fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decided to tweet out, I'm two episodes behind on Game of Thrones and I'm trying to avoid spoilers. But you're making it really hard on me, Twitter. All right, let's just, I'm going to break this down. One, you're a professional athlete. You don't have to be, what time do they, do, do professional baseball players get to the stadium? 12 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Like noon, sure. roughly? You got all right. the morning. you see. You assume you wake, you wake up at 8, 9 o'clock, get a good breakfast yeah. in.
0: This isn't the uh, 86 Mets where you're partying till like, 6 a.m.?
2: Yeah, especially he plays for the Marlins. They have nothing to celebrate. <laughs> they're garbage. They're so, um, um, so bad, dude. So bad. I think they, they're the worst team in the league right now.
0: They're on pace to win 41 games.
2: Cool. That's good. That means they'll win the World Series next year. Yep. <laughs> That's how Marlins – they won't lose – they have never – only franchise that never lose a playoff series. That's damn They have very, very, very true. <laughs> they're like, six, they're, like six the, and
0: they're like the anti-Cincinnati Bengals,
2: or the, uh, the anti-Buffalo Bills, or the
0: anti-Washington Nationals. We could do this all day.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of teams <laughs> that have lost almost every playoff series yep. they've been in. Yep. But um, but how are you two episodes behind? You know, you got you got plenty of time on your hand. I mean, I get it. You're probably struggling at the dish. You're playing for the for the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Probably want to get that extra work in. So you spend an hour, hour and a half in the morning getting some extra reps in. You sure. still have all morning, and screw it. Your games, games on the East Coast are done at like 10, mm-hmm. 11 o'clock at the latest, mm-hmm. unless they go to extras, which you can't go to extra innings if you don't score a run, unless for some reason the other team's struggling too. Um, that being said, he made it clear that that it's that Twitter was making it hard on him. Twitter, right? right. The thing that I don't know. I'm assuming he has an iPhone. I could be wrong about that, mm-hmm. but it takes three seconds to delete the Twitter app off your phone. Yeah, three.
0: Not to mention, um, if you're saying this on Twitter, you're opening the floodgates for your mentions to be spoilers.
2: I, I had to del- I had to delete a draft because it had too many things. I was literally <laughs> ruining the episode for him. I, was t- I swear, to God, yeah. I had this whole whole paragraph typed out, and <laughs> even with the extra 140 cat uh, or 100 ca- uh, characters you get on Twitter now. huh. I was like, ah, man, it's going to be a, th- a
0: three-part tweet. <laughs> you have the little parentheses, like the numbers in the parentheses, one out of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One <laughs> out of three. Five characters. Yeah. Wasting five extra characters. <laughs> just so you notice. Um,
2: it's just, uh, man, it's really hard for, hard for me to imagine a professional athlete not being caught up on the most popular TV show of our generation. Yeah. Arguably of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, like, I don't know. And that's kind of what Twitter is designed for. Like, live tweeting something or, like... The memes afterwards. I mean, we see it for the oh, NFL the draft. We see it for crazy. the NBA lottery. I mean, it's just like,
2: just stay, stay off social media. You, one, you're, back to the, my professional athlete point. You're a professional athlete. You should be paying attention to social media anyway. Mm-hmm. Social media should be a way of, of connecting with your fans. Yes. Not, not. you shouldn't be fully paying attention to it. And I, he could even so, like, I,
0: if he wants, he can mute words. He could like mute Game and Thrones if he really wanted to. And like the characters' names.
2: I mean, it's really hard to to get spoilers now.
0: Yeah. Very true.
2: And I'm reading this. It's a Cup Four article by uh, Matt Monaghan. Some nobody nobody spoiled it for him, according to his tweets, or his article. So. Sure. Yeah, hats off hats off to the Twitter community for not spoiling it for him.
0: Well Punch
2: to the throat for Granderson for asking Twitter not to spoil it for him. <laughs> and then lastly, we got the Sacramento Kings social media guy or girl 2019 I don't assume gender um, okay. and basically this is non-baseball related <clears throat> basically the Sixers lost in, in a heartbreaking fashion on Sunday in game 7 the double doink the NBA draft lottery which that was a quadruple doink dog <laughs> the Bears the Bears double doink the, the the Raptors quadruple doink it's nuts <laughs> um, and they're, they're social media people that we, we had the draft lottery last night which I think we're going to Discussed briefly after this, right? He <laughs> yeah, put out this, the gif of, of Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, shooting the shot with the lottery ball of the Sixers logo. <laughs> and it bounced, it bounced, it bounced, it tapped, and then rolled in, mm-hmm. and then switched to the Celtics thing. Because mm. for those who don't know, the Sixers were, would have gotten the Kings pick if it was the number one overall pick, which it was the 14th or 13th, I forget. Um, so, And that completed a trade... I think it was the Fultz one of the Fultz trades yeah, they completed. So mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, so I don't really like that guy. It was great. It was great social media. And the Sixers probably should be getting throw a punch because their response to it was awful. I don't even know what it was, but I know it was terrible.
0: So that's the worst. I, like, honestly, it's worse when they respond and it's like a weak response rather than even responding at all.
2: Yeah, you rather just you know take, your, take your hat to them. It's just like a guy. Yeah, you I mean it's like. You're in a slump and a guy dives and lays out. You tip your cap to him, like, all right, I'll get him next time. Mm-hmm. And one of, them, one of them, you know. Yeah. We just got eliminated. We just lost the lottery because now we picked 24th overall, mm-hmm. which in the NBA very rare you get a kind of.
0: It's like the equivalent to like a fifth or sixth round like all- pick in the NFL.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, I was, was kind of pissed. I was not as pissed as uh, New York Knicks fans, um, but I am a Phoenix Suns fan, and uh, they got number six after uh, winning 17 games. So uh, that's that.
2: I mean that's a, that's a problem with the lottery sometimes you know mm-hmm. you got these guys who the teams that sacrifice their entire seasons then the lottery just screws them over.
0: Uh, full disclosure to our listeners, we are going to be doing a draft MLB draft preview show next week. Uh, that'll drop next Monday or Tuesday. So I wanted to briefly get into this. We'll probably flesh it out more uh, next week. But what do you think would happen, Kyle? If the MLB went to the NBA model and they did a draft lottery,
2: uh, see, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it would affect anything in general um, immediately because I feel like the rebuild in a in on a, for a baseball organization is probably the slowest out of the major sports, mm-hmm, right? Sure. Um, so the NBA, you draft. You draft Zion Williamson, your team is instantly becomes a playoff contender, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with eight teams making it. Yep. Um, the NFL, uh, you can sign free agents, you can, because their contracts aren't 20 years long mm-hmm. like in the MLB. Um, and then in the NHL, I mean, do we really pay attention to the NHL enough to, to? I do not. Nah. All right. So I won't even talk about them. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the MLB, if you if you go to a lottery, right, you're still getting. First round, there's first round talent all the way down through probably the third round Mm -hmm. in the MLB. So you're still like the, they're still your board's got to be like ten players long for your first pick if you're in that lottery range. So,
1: do you think I don't know if it would
2: necessarily change?
0: Do you think it makes it more exciting for fans though? Like if they're, I mean, if they're like the sixth or seventh worst team or something. I
2: mean, think about it this way: How many people watch the MLB draft every year? Yeah, I don't know. So how many people would be even paying attention to an MLB draft lottery?
0: Well, I guess the idea would be that it would drum up more interest and more viewers would, would tune in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, could, I, I see your point. I just, I don't know necessarily if it would, like the NBA draft lottery last night, I think was like the third highest uh, rated sh- uh, show on a major network mm-hmm. yep. or something like that. Um, with the MLB, the MLB doesn't even get numbers close to the NBA. No. But maybe, it, it could, I, I, I could be wrong about this, Um we also got to remember that MLB is an awful marketing company They are there. so so how can how, how do you market something new when you don't market your current product you know what I mean
0: yeah um, I think our draft expert will kind of shed some light on this um, next week so I'm, I'm looking to f- hearing his take and, and see if you know he think it would work but uh, we'll, we'll table that for next week Yes, sir. All right. Um. Now we will get to our interview with Orioles minor leaguer J.C. Escara. We now welcome in J.C. Escara. J.C. is a player in the Orioles minor league system for the Frederick Keys. And you can follow him on Twitter at J.C. Escara. J.C., welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for having me
0: so uh j c you were recently on uh and I saw you were at Camden yards with michael Bauman how was that
1: yeah it was it was a great time um they uh we had an off day so you know we did some interviews and stuff out there um you know was there for bP and stuff at the stadium it was a real good time what were your uh, what was your first thoughts at camden yards um i mean it was beautiful i I went to a game last year so you know i, oh, okay. I already um. Yeah, I enjoyed it as a fan, but just to uh, see the locker room and and uh, you know the strength room and you know all that. You know, it's just it's just a different feel as a player in the system. You know, hopefully one one day I could get there.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's the uh, that's the goal, right? Um, yep. So you you broke the record last year in Aberdeen for the highest batting average ever, and this was a, a record previously held by Trey Mancini. Um, have you gotten a chance to talk to him about it or speak with him? Uh,
1: yeah. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I got invited to some, uh, major league games down in spring training and that's when I first saw him. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, well, last year during the summer, he congratulated me on Twitter, you know, said, Hey, congrats, man. And, um, but this is the first time I saw him in person and he goes, uh, Hey, are you you that guy that broke my record? And I was like, yeah, it's me. So, um, so yeah, it was it was, was kind of cool, and then you know we've just been friends since. Um, but but yeah, that's how it went.
0: So uh, in the off season, you know, obviously the the Orioles big league club they had a lot of changes with the front office, um, and part of this change was also bringing in some new coaches. Uh, I know they brought in some college coaches that had some success at the D one and Division two level. Um, have you have you had any New coaches coming to Frederick, or
1: um, personally in Frederick, no, we um, you know same guys as last year. But during spring training, you know I saw some new faces, um, some new handy coaches, and you know I, I'm all for it. I'm all for getting better, and and the way baseball is going, um, um, I like I like you know all the new technology and um, and and swing data. You know I'm all for it.
0: Have you like experienced any of the, like the new technology? Like I know uh, at Bowie, at least they um, have had the the bats with the new technology to track the the bat path. Have you had that at Frederick?
1: Yeah. So so yeah, it's not just Bowie. Um, every affiliate, every every hitter that goes up to the play, they we're wearing uh, the blast motion. Blast motion. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's on one. our bats. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know they'd be yeah, using like so TrackMan every- and and blast motion. So. Yeah that's pretty cool though i mean it's something new at least
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's great
0: um so you grew up in miami dade county is that correct yep yes i did like obviously you know that's kind of a a haven for baseball um players especially like alex rodriguez manny machado ryan Braun. we see you know at the university of miami uh were there any players in particular that you kind of like looked up to when you were growing up
1: um, I'm not sure growing up, you know, I, uh, I played against, you know, a lot of great players, but, um, you know, just in my high school, the Abel Mora center fielder for the Cubs, you know, I played yep. with him. Oh, um, cool. He was a year older than me. Yeah, 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 he was a year older than me. And, you know, just, just the way the player he was at that age, it was just, it was, it was a sight to see. So, I mean, just, yeah, living in Miami-Dade, you know, I saw a lot of great players.
0: So uh, do you have any, like, goals for the season, you know, just to make it through a successful season at high A, or is there some more lofty goals for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's some goals. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't like to think too much ahead, just like to think about the present, um, take it day by day. But, you know, obviously, you know, I'd love to have a great year and, and, you know, go on, you know, move to another level and, you know, all that. But, I mean, I'm just taking it day by day, and I know if I do that, um, you know, my mind won't be somewhere else other than right here and right now. So that's the way I like to think about it.
0: Well, uh, JC, we certainly uh, wish you the best of luck and uh, continued success in 2019.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for having
0: me. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, that was our interview. Um, moving on. Kyle, uh, you would brought something up to me pre-show that you had a little nugget, a little fact, fun fact for me about an unbreakable record. Is that true? So,
2: we're going to be talking about unbreakable records because this is what I wanted to kind of get your take on. Um, so, on in Wednesday's game, uh, Giants game against the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Edwin Jackson set a major league record yes. for playing on his 14th team. So now Jackson, who is age 35, has played on... The Dodgers, the Rays, the Tigers, the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Braves, the Marlins, the Padres, the Orioles, the Nationals, the Athletics, and the Toronto Blue Jays—14 um, teams. Mm-hmm. That a lot, of, a lot of team for a guy who's been in the league for um, almost 16 years. Sure. So I'm starting to think he's getting that. That's starting to get up to the point where players aren't going to come close to 14 team. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to get your take. Do you think we'll ever see a player? Break
0: that record? Um, I'm actually going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to shock you. Um, I just think that with, I mean, uh, lately we've seen a lot of like transaction heavy, um, off season, not, I wouldn't say off season because it's been a slow market, but like trading deadlines and like August trade deadlines. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that um, as we get more and more um, into the century, it's not like the last century where you know like players would stay with their teams for 20 years um, and they would retire with the same team that they were drafted by or that they were signed by. So I, I'm not I'm not saying like 100% it's going to be broken, but I think there's a good chance just because of the, of the number of transactions, um, free agency the way it is. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, yeah, so I think guys bounce around a lot, especially pitchers. Um, they're always needed. Like we saw a guy like Oliver Drake who got, what, DFA'd like six times in the course of a season. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, it's certainly possible, but I'd like to hear your uh, perspective on that.
2: See, I, I feel like now we're getting to the point where um, where we're not going to see teams. We've seen teams this past offseason dish out these monster contracts for obviously superstar players like Aaron Trout, Harper. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also seeing relief pitchers, shout out Craig Kimbrell, for (laughs) getting two, three-year deals. Well, two to three years is kind of, uh, I don't want to say peak for for most relievers in this league. Yep. Um, Obviously, you have your exceptions with guys who are pitching pitching 10, 12 years in the league. Um, So, I wouldn't be shocked if this becomes one of those those things where you got guys playing for five, six teams throughout their career. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're talking, 30 years from now. Wow, right up there with Joe DiMaggio is, is Edwin Jackson.
0: I mean, I could you see know? it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. It's just I, I think it's a possibility, especially with how how quickly you know we see moving pieces nowadays.
2: And no, I, I, I see what you're saying, but it, 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 this kind of like occurred to me with uh, uh, Buster only tweeted out a poll about the unbreakable records in baseball, I think the choices were DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak, Cal uh, was it,
0: 2,131
2: 2000, was the record breaker. 632. Yeah, so uh, his consecutive games played, and I think Cy Young's 511 career
0: wins. Um, um, so I, I have a pull-up, I can tell you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, Barry Bonds' 762 home runs, Pete Rose's 4,256 hits, and the winner of the bunch by 64% of the vote, Cal Ripkin's 2,632 consecutive games played streak.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to get your take as to what, what do you think is like the most unbreakable record. Obviously, you're an Orioles fan. You might be a little biased towards Cal Ripkin, I get that. Yeah, no,
0: but, 100%. It's it's Cy Young's wins record, right? I mean, it's, it's not an option. Said. No one's coming close to that <laughs> with, with the specialty like, guys and – guys mm-hmm. pitching five or six innings there's no one touching that
2: and you think you think the closest i think is maddox who had 363
0: right exactly
2: um and then in the last 50 years or so um i mean there, we're not even gonna anyone next to i think number two is chrissy matthewson with 420 something um is he, I forget, i'm pretty sure it's chrissy matthewson i could be wrong about that but uh yeah. But it, that's a clear cut choice, right? I mean, the fifty six yeah. game the, the fifty six game hit streak. Yeah, that's obviously very hard to do because since no one's done it since. But you had Pete Rose who went to forty nine some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just Phillies guys I can think of. Chase Sully had like a thirty some. Jimmy Ron's had a thirty some. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's guys out there. I wouldn't. It, it, what if next year? Next year we're talking and Kessin Hayora. <laughs> um, 57 game
0: history um my just my thought on that is i think it's it's not easy to break but i think it's breakable because you could have a right. string of a game of games like 10 games where you go one for four and you know you technically you keep your streak going you don't have to be i mean you have to be a great hitter to do it but i mean it, it's something that could be done whereas i don't know if i was ranking these i would say uh, just for those four, obviously, we, we agree that Cy Young's the hardest one to break. I would say Cal's is the hardest to break just because he broke Lou Gehrig's record by, like, 500 games. So that's another right. four seasons, <coughs> three to four seasons. Um, and I just think, you know, guys, you know, we see it in the NBA a lot, guys getting rest. Um, you know, if you have a little a thumb injury or a little oblique injury, you just hit the 10-day mm-hmm. DL. And now it's easier because it's 10-day versus 15-day. Um, so right. you're, not, you're not missing a guy. So I, I would just say, just for those facts alone, it's the easiest. Um, I want to say Pete Rose's would be the second hardest, but I mean we saw if you combine Ichiro stats between Japan and and the U.S. I mean he got close to that mark, right? Or I think he, mm-hmm. maybe he beat it. I don't remember. But um, and then Bonds and then Dimaggio. I'd say.
2: I think um, I think you're right on point. I think we might not see it, but I think a generation. After us, Mike is probably going to see Bonds' is record broken, especially sure. with the, the shift in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, power power versus power. Um, yep. Home runs are up, up to an alarming rate. Not an alarming, but a, yep. a um, high rate. Uh, but we, oh, man, Barry, the thing about Barry Bonds, he was such a good hitter, too. Mm-hmm. He, he, he'd already be the most complete baseball player of all time. Yep. You, can, you can make that argument um, before steroids, um, allegedly.
0: <laughs> allegedly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, I think the I think what you're saying, I think Sion, the Sion is the most unlikely to be broken, but I think Cal is probably the hardest to break.
1: Yeah, um, I
0: just don't see anybody like. I guess uh, when Mark Teixeira was still playing, he got up to like a little bit over a thousand. Um, but you're talking another. I mean, that was that was over the span of like 13, 14 years straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I just don't see that happening because you're going to get a freak injury. Um every now and again or or something or benching a guy versus a bad matchup it, everything's just so specialized nowadays that you're gonna get benched for some reason down the line no matter how good of a hitter you are.
2: yeah, and yeah, especially you have these guys who who walk up in there and they're feeling like a little bit under the weather like hey skip can just kind of kind get a blow today like yeah it, I don't think I don't think the um, the necessarily the urgency to play hundred sixty two. Is um they is gave, there as much as it is?
0: Uh, Buck Showalter would give a, um Adam Jones off days if they were playing Toronto just because they didn't want him playing on the turf. Like that was a thing. So really, yep, hundred like every every season he would get like at least two two to three games off per year out of a nine game series just because it was it was playing on the turf. So
2: yeah, and, and like you mentioned to share earlier, I think the last guy I can really think of who played 162 consistently would would have been Prince Fielder.
0: Sure. And he was a uh, big guy, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's playing first base, but you run around with all that. He was a vegan, too. Um, <laughs> but that really stopped once that, that really stopped once he retired. Did you see his body thing with his dad? And, yes, uh, I did.
0: I, I never want to see it again.
2: <laughs> nah, and, I, I'm going to have nightmares was, about it for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. Yep. Um, so clearly he's not a vegan anymore thanks to that big stack of ribs he had in his hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: At least I think it was his hands. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's
2: go with that. <laughs> Uh, that was good, uh, but yeah, uh, just two thousand six hundred consecutive games, yep. right?
0: Yep, that's that's mind-boggling. I mean, man. he had twenty-one thirty-one, and that was when he broke Lou Gehrig's record, and that was ninety-five, and then and then he went on for another four years before he, uh, mm-hmm. he didn't play. So,
2: and you want to talk about one of the most like the most special moments in baseball? The yeah. vi- he, that's, that's the victory lap, right?
0: Yep, that's the victory lap.
2: Yeah, uh, man. You, you don't see a celebration like that for records being broken ever, really.
0: No, nope, you're not. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, we see it, like, for 3,000 hits. Um, we see, like, bo- you know, both benches clearing to congratulate the player. We saw it with Adrian Beltre. We saw it with uh, Pujols pretty recently. I mean, that's just such a special thing. And, and you look at the context, too, of the moment. Um, baseball was just coming off a strike. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed some some storyline, some player to root for, and he really delivered on that. So you got to look at the context too.
2: Yeah, you think of the storylines following that strike, man. You go, you got Rip, you got Cal, then you got the home run race, and oh then you got Barry Bonds in '01.
0: Unreal, just unreal. Yeah, it, took, it took that again badly.
2: It took baseball like 15, 20 years to regain its popularity thanks to Babe Ruth, like after the Black Sox scandal. Yep. And it took them eight years after the, the ninety-four strike.
0: But it's almost arguable that you need that, like yeah. I don't want to say like you needed the strike to happen, but you need like a downturn for people to like appreciate it again. You know what I mean?
2: I wouldn't be shocked if we're if if we're into a a strike season soon. Yeah. Honestly, with, with some of the issues that the the qualifying offer, I think is a huge issue. You're mm-hmm. seeing that with Kimbrell and, K- and Keuchel. Service time. Um, you got. Yeah, service time because you got guys who aren't free agents, until they're 24, 25. Yep. If they're lucky, um, because are the whole six-year under control, and then teams keep them in the minors for yep a month and a half of their of their year, so they get an extra year of control.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, there's a there's a lot of issues in the in Major League Baseball that might that really only a new CBA can can fix. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't, I really don't want to see a strike because. Um, You know, I haven't really seen that in my life. Uh, It happened the year I was born, so Mm -hmm. um, not looking for that. Um, But, you know, it might be necessary if, you know, to go through these bad times just to get back on the other side, and it would probably be mutually beneficial for the league and the players if uh, they can, you know, work together. Without a doubt. I think we both agree on that. But uh, anything else, Kyle, Mm. before we wrap it up? Um,
2: I think just really shout-outs to iTunes for holding us on um, on their podcast list. That's pretty cool. You can follow us on there Baseball's Boring. Um, we normally t- tweet out uh, when we're live, so you can follow us on there at Baseball's Boring as well. You can go onto Google Play, which is just happens to be also uh, Baseball's Boring. Sure. You can go to SoundCloud, which is uh, Baseball's Boring. And I'm assuming that the servers still aren't up on Stitcher. <laughs> but if you they, for some reason, for they ever do... Um, you can go on to stitcher.com and you can find us at Baseball's boring
0: alright sounds good uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Baseball's boring and we'll see you next week
1: peace where it began
0: I can't begin to know in
1: Reaching out, touching me, touching you.